Well, yeah, let me say this. Um, before we close today, um, we have the shirts in, like you already know. So uh, right, before, right after we close in prayer, if everybody could just hold tight for like two, three minutes, I should be able to get your shirts out to you if you already ordered them. I mean, if you ordered them, I got them. So we should be able to work that out. So try and remember that, and uh, we'll take care of you just as soon as the service is over. But now on to bigger and better and more important stuff. Um, turn with me to the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12, 13, and 14 are going to be our main verses today. Philippians 12, Philippians 3 actually, 12 through 14. Not that I have already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus had made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining toward what is what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much that your will is going to be done in this service, Lord. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you, Father God, that whatever you want to happen in this service will happen, Lord God, and that you will, that you will use... This messenger, as flawed as he is, Lord, you will, you will use me, Lord, to uh, proclaim your, your good news, Lord God, and we will leave here encouraged and refreshed and excited. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' wonderful, precious name we pray. Amen. So, I've sure been enjoying this study, and I, and I hope you have. Uh, I know sometimes when we're in a prolonged study, there's a tendency to kind of get, you know, you kind of get bored with it. And I don't want that to happen, um, especially in this study. There's so much good stuff for us to learn. For those of you that don't remember, those of you that haven't been here, we've been, talk, we've been going through the uh, book of Philippians verse by verse. This is the Apostle Paul. He's in, he's in house arrest in Rome. He sends a letter, a thank you note for a care package, and a letter of encouragement to the Philippian believers. Um, now, keep in mind, during, during this time in church history, there's, there's tons of persecution going on for the believers. So it's a really difficult time to be a believer. And the Apostle Paul is going through a very difficult time. But instead of uh, sitting and wallowing in depression or discouragement or hopelessness, the Apostle Paul wants to encourage others. He wants to encourage the Philippian church. And uh, he wants to say thank you for, for them being there. The Philippian church is very special group of people for the Apostle Paul. And I want to encourage you guys, you know, if you're going through a difficult time, I know a lot of us are. I mean, we, we got this whole, I mean, the world's just been crazy for the last couple of years. A lot of people are going through a lot of uh, personal stuff. Just our worlds have been tipped upside down in, in a lot of areas with, the, with a lot of the people in this congregation. And I just want to encourage you guys, hold on to the Word of God. Hold on to God's promises. Don't be discouraged. Don't look, to a, don't look to a man. Don't look to a political party. Don't look to anything other than the Most High God to encourage you because everything else is going to let you down eventually. Like the good book says, some people trust in chariots, some people trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. So we want to be encouraged and we want to have some optimism. You know, let's not forget that God is in control. Whatever you're going through, God is in control. He knows what he's doing. Give the Lord some praise, please. Uh, 
I love you guys dearly, and I'm excited to share these few verses with you today. Philippians 3, verse 12. Not that I have already obtained this, or I'm already perfect, but I press on to to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Now we could just, we could, we could kill 30 minutes just camping right here on this verse. It, it is so full of so much just good stuff, man. It's, it's, a, it's a stick of dynamite. It's a stick of spiritual dynamite. Not that I have already obtained this or I'm already perfect. Now the Apostle Paul's not insinuating that perfection is something that he can attain on this side of eternity. Does that make sense? But he, what he is saying is, that's the direction I'm working in. That's what I, w- I want to be, what God has called me to be. Now, in this letter that he's writing to the Philippian church, he's about to dig into some, some more teaching. So he wants to make this clear. It's kind of a difficult thing that he's about to step into. And I love what he's doing here because he's, he's showing a lot of humility. And he's, he's making this stand. You guys, I love you. Philippians, I love you. Okay, but I'm not trying to pretend like I'm perfect. Okay, I don't want you guys to think that I'm assuming that I think that I'm perfect, that I got my whole act together. That is not the case. That's the big thing he's saying right there. And as a preacher, as a Christian, that, that means a lot to me, man. Because, you know, I can relate to that. Uh, being tasked or, or given this wonderful opportunity to uh, spread the gospel, the good news, which I clearly believe, honestly believe, is, is the calling that God has given me for my life. I don't take it for light. I don't take it lightly. I don't take it for granted. But one thing that, that I always want people to understand is I don't think that I'm perfect, man. I do not think that I got all my ducks in a row, but I do want to be obedient to the calling that God has given me. And I do take my relationship with the Lord serious, and I do want more of him in my life. And as I look back, as we get to the end of this year, and it's winding down fast, I, I am encouraged, but I'm also a little disappointed in myself because I've certainly, certainly grown in some areas. And there's no denying that, man. There's, I've grown in leaps and bounds in some areas of my Christian walk. And there's some areas of my Christian walk where I'm very disappointed in myself. But you know what? Um, the wonderful thing about being a Christian and what we're going to get to today is we leave the past behind. We leave the past behind and we move forward. Amen. Give the Lord some praise. Go ahead. Get excited. Not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. So let's look at Romans 7 and verse 15. Because the Apostle Paul, as he's talking to the Romans, the Christians in Rome, this is what he says about his Christian walk. Okay, now the Apostle Paul, man, gets an A-plus for honesty. He gets an A-plus for being this amazing, awesome apostle. You know, but look how, look how honest he is with the believers in Rome. Romans 7 and verse 15, for I do not understand my own actions. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever looked back on the week behind you and been like, man, I just, oh man, I really just messed up. I really have dropped the ball, man. You know, the apostle Paul is telling this to other folks, man. You know, like, it's like, well, I'm just going to move forward. We don't have time for that. Everyone say, I ain't got time for that. (laughs) For I do not understand my own actions. For what I do not want, for I do not, hold on. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. This is the Apostle Paul, man. The super preacher guy. 
saying, man, I am, I, I'm very flawed, man. I still mess up on a daily basis. I'm not a perfect guy. So that makes sense when we go back to our text for today, Philippians 3.12, when he says, I got something really important to share with you guys. But don't think that I'm on my high tower, you know, thinking that I'm better than you guys. Okay, not that I have already obtained this or, or that I'm already perfect. Now look at 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 12. I think it's on your monitor. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 12. Therefore, let anyone. Okay, so this goes for all of us, guys. None of us are exempt from this, which goes for the entire word of God, by the way. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. That's, that's one of those really ouchy verses, man, you know. And, and that's the Apostle Paul again saying, don't be overconfident. Don't be overconfident in your own ability to do the right thing, man. We have to lean on God. The moment you think it all together, you think you got it all together, be ready for a fall. Remember, pride comes before a fall, you know. So we want to watch that in our own lives, you know. And it's, it's really easy for us to look at other people. It's super easy for us to look at other people and, and, and see what they need to work on and stuff like that. And that might be true. You know, there's that old saying, you know, uh, love the sin or hate the sin. Well, this, I heard this from a preacher several years ago. And he said, why don't you start with hating your own sin? You know? And I'm paraphrasing. I can't remember exactly what the guy said. But that means a lot, man. Let's look at our own lives, okay? You ain't got it all together. I ain't got it all together. But let's get together and let's grow in relationship with the Lord. Can I get a witness? Yeah. Not that I've already attained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on. I like that. But I press on to make it my own. He's, he, the Apostle Paul who uh, a huge chunk of the New Testament um, is dedicated to him. It's his writings, man. It's his letters that he wrote, you know. But he takes his Christian walk, as you know, very seriously, and he is somebody that we can follow. He is an example that we can follow. You know, he just said, I'm not perfect, but what I'm trying to do is follow Jesus Christ. That's what I'm doing. I'm trying to follow Jesus Christ. That's the point he's trying to make. But I press on to make it my own. He said, I want to be the best Christian that I can be. That's powerful, man. That's powerful. And, and we all can say things like that. Maybe you've said something like that. Um, and it's okay to say something like that. And, you know, be ready for Satan to attack you when you say, when you mouth those words. Man, I'm, I'm all in it to win it. You know, Satan's going to try and trip you up. There'll be temptations coming at you from every single direction. Okay, but the Apostle Paul, he's not just mouthing those words. This is his heart, man. I want to be what God has called me to be. Can I get a witness? Okay, look at John 3 and verse 30. Now, this is my uh, little go-to verse that I like to uh, sum up about. Well, let me just read the verse. He must increase, but I must decrease. He must increase, but I must decrease. You know, that'd be a good thing to say every morning when you get out of bed. You know what I mean? He must increase. I must decrease. Now, what's going on there, John, John the Baptist is baptizing people. His ministry was super humongous. But as Jesus comes on the scene, after he baptized Jesus, John the Baptist's ministry was dwindling. He even had some of his disciples going over uh, to Jesus' camp. A lot of people at this point were just uh, going around, John the Baptist altogether, and just going to flock to Jesus. And so John the Baptist's disciples come to him one day. He's like, man, dude, that guy you baptized, he's really, 
He's really hurting our ministry, man. Paraphrasing, obviously. He, all, all the folks are going to him now. And John says, uh, you know what? He must increase. I must decrease. It's not about, it's not about what people think I should be doing. It's not even about, about what I think I should be doing, man. The, I, I want to be, John's like, I want to do what God's called me to do. Do you hear what I said? I want to do what God's called me to do. That was John's thing, you know. So if more people are flocking to Jesus, that's what it's all about. I was here to make, prepare the way for him. So obviously, my ministry is going to be smaller. My ministry is going to start wrapping up, okay? But his ministry is going to really take off. The takeaway home for me and for you is this. He must increase in my life. It must be more of him each and every day. And, th- and that's our marching orders, man. You know, when you have a bad day, okay, that's not an excuse to mess up. That's not an excuse uh, to throw in the towel. You know, that's an, that, that's an awesome, that's an awesome opportunity to jump into the arms of the Most High God. Can I get a witness? Thank you, Jesus. But I press on to make it my own. John 3.30, he must increase, but I must decrease. Does that make sense to you guys? He must increase, I must decrease. That's something, yes, amen. That's what we got to do. We got to make that stand. Not just mouth the words, but let that be the marching orders that we give our hearts. More of God, less of me. I don't want to get into this stupid nonsense, man. Uh, There's too many important things to go on. Okay, I want to be what God's called me to be. I only have a certain amount of time here on this planet. I don't know when the good Lord's calling me home, but, but, you know, we need to have that desire that, yeah. I want to be what God's called me to be. That's what truly matters, man, to be what God's called me to be. Moving forward, not that I've already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. This is my favorite part of this verse. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Now, that's a reason for you guys to get excited. If you're still listening, check this out. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Get excited about that. Get excited. Whatever you're going through, man, it's okay. Whatever you're going through, it's going to be all right, man. Christ Jesus has made you his own. He reached down and said, no, that's not going to work for you. I'm calling you. You are going to follow me, okay? You're going to be my disciple. I'm bringing you into the family. So we have a wonderful, wonderful opportunity right here to really be excited, okay? Yeah, man, I know this world's crazy. I know know what a lot of you guys are going through. I do. I know a lot of the stuff that people are going through in here. And there's a lot of stuff going on in my family. And there's, a, there's a huge opportunity to just be discouraged, man, or be frustrated. You know, but uh, that, we're not called to do that. We, we have a blessing. We have a privilege that the world doesn't have. You know, when they call, when they call Christianity that crutch, you know, I got to be honest with you. I've only had people say that to my face a couple times. And I know they try and say it because they're, you know, they want to offend me or something like that. But it's never bothered me. It has never bothered me that they say Christianity is a crutch or my relationship with Jesus Christ is a crutch because I totally lean on him. I lean on him. I can do all things through Christ. There's a lot I can't do on my own. And we're just blessed because we figured that part out. Can I get a witness? Give him some praise. Because Christ Jesus had made me his own. So Apostle Paul, not that I'm perfect. Guys, I'm not trying to say that I'm perfect. 
But I do have some awesome stuff that I want to share with you guys. Okay. I'm not saying I'm perfect. But this is something that I want my people in the Philippian church to grab a hold of. And it's the same for us, man. This is stuff that can really energize us and, and change how we look at stuff. He said, I'm moving forward, man. I'm forgetting what's behind. I'm getting ahead of myself. But that's what he's saying. I'm moving forward, man. As long as I got air in my lungs, I'm striving to be what God has called me to be. Amen. And he says, you know, here's the big reason. Whenever I get into, now listen up, whenever I get into self-doubt or think, well, man, I'll just, I'll just go to church here and there or whatever. And I'm glad we all come to church. I love being with you guys, man. I love being with you guys. And we need to keep doing that. I was, I w- I was uh, just, uh, well, you know, I was pretty upset and heartbroken to a certain extent when the man stepped down and said, you guys can't be meeting for a while. You know, that, that really hurt me um, because I love being around you guys. You know, and, and that, that absence made me, you know, the old saying, absence makes the heart grow fonder. It, it really does, man. I couldn't wait for us to be back together again. So I'm not saying we don't need to be together. I love the fact that we can come together and worship the Lord together. Amen. Um, I forget what I was trying to say with that, but anyways, nobody's perfect because Christ Jesus has made me his own. But anyways, I'm glad we can come together again. Look at Ephesians 2 and verse 13. This is a good one. We belong to Christ. That's good news. Ephesians 2 and verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ Jesus? Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? If you have not done that, today's the day. You need to do it. All right. The difference between you and everybody else in here is that our eternal destination is looking really, really good. Okay. We belong to Jesus, and I want you to be part of that. Jesus wants you to be part of that. So if you haven't accepted Jesus, do it today. Ephesians 2 and verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus... You who once were far off have been brought near. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? We, we were on our way to hell, man. We, we were dead men walking. We had condemned ourselves by our own actions, man. That's just how it is. You know what I mean? But because of Jesus Christ. Now, looky here. Because of Jesus Christ and what he did at the cross, man, we are now in that family. We are now royalty. We get the wonderful privilege of growing in intimacy and relationship with the creator of the universe. What a wonderful, wonderful thing. And then we got the whole eternal life thing. That that ain't looking too shabby, right? I mean, that's that's wonderful, you know. But you guys, you know what? The doctor says this, you're blessed. God is in control. Your checkbook says this, you're blessed. God is in control. No one respects me like I deserve to be respected. You're blessed. God is in control. Fill in the blank, man, whatever you're going through. Ephesians 2 and verse 13. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, that's us, have been brought near. Well, how were we brought near? What is it talking about? By the blood of Christ. See, the Apostle Paul is saying, "Ah, I'm not perfect, but I want to be what God's called me to be. And whenever I get, wherever I have those temptations to be doubtful or throw in the towel because I keep going to jail in every town I go to or people keep beating me up and trying to kill me for the gospel, I remember this, that, yeah, this road is hard, but I I remember this, man, what has been done for me, that Jesus Christ died on a cross so I can live forever. 
Get excited about that, church people. Okay, go to the next slide, please. Philippians 3 and verse 13. Philippians 3, verse 13. Paul's kind of being a little repetitive. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. I'm not perfect. I'm not saying I'm perfect. But one thing I do. Okay, now we're getting into the teaching, guys. But one thing I do. I'm not perfect, but one thing I think I got a pretty good handle on is this right here. Now, when we look at the Apostle Paul, we got to think about his past a little bit, you know. This guy uh, rounded up Christians. He persecuted Christians. That's what he did, man. He was on the fast track, going high places politically in the Sanhedrin, man. He was a Pharisee. He was very zealous. And, man, he was, he was persecuting the church. That's what he did. So he held, he held the, the cloaks. He held the, the coats of the people that were killing Stephen, and he smiled at that. You know, and that's not the only thing he did. He went hardcore persecuting the church from that day forward until he had that road to Damascus experience. Thank God for our road to Damascus experience. Amen. But it is so important that the Apostle Paul said, that's in the past. That's in the past. I'm not letting that hold me up, man. I'm not. Imagine the Apostle Paul teaching around Jerusalem or teaching in churches, man, and seeing little orphan kids and thinking, huh, I wonder... I wonder if maybe I got a little bit to do with the reason why they're orphans, you know? I mean, that's the kind of thing he was doing. So, he, man, he had to make sure that he didn't get stuck in his past. So he says, this is one thing that I've been working on hardcore for a long time now. I'm not letting the past mess me up, man. I'm moving forward. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Isn't that good? Forgetting what lies behind. Look at Isaiah 43 and verse 18. It's on your bulletin, I believe, or the monitor. Isaiah 43 and verse 18. This is good. Some of us need to put a highlighter on this verse. Some of us need to underline this verse. Some of us need to write it in lipstick on the refrigerator, man. Isaiah 43, 18. Remember not the former things. That's easier said than done. Hey, no one said it's easy to let the past go, you know. It's not easy to do that, but I can do all things through Christ. And to be what the Apostle Paul wants to be, he's got to let the past go. Because sometimes we stagnate because of the past. We can't move any farther in our relationship with the Lord because of hurts or rejections or, or something that we went through. Um, Years, I just thought about this a couple of days ago. Um, years and years ago, man, I was, I was dating Rachel Jeannie. And uh, we've been married 25 years in, in March. Yeah, I know, it's crazy. Yeah. I still think we did the math wrong. I don't know. But, yeah, man, we March 25 years just blows my mind, man. But I was, I was dating Rachel Jeannie, and she wanted to pull me away from this beloved institution. She wanted to pull me away from this church one Sunday morning and take me to her family church. And, and, and we went. We, we went, and it was a hoot and holler and good time, man. People were excited and jumping about and all that. And Holy Spirit was really moving. And, and it's not that I was living the life I was supposed to live. I certainly was not. 
you know, it was not a big concern about mine. But, but I, I did love the Lord. Not, I, I wasn't sold out, I'll be honest with you. Um, but uh, this guy comes up and he, he calls me up to pray for me. And, and I, was, I was raised in a spirit-filled church, you know, so I know what's going on here, you know. I get it, you know. So I go up there and the guy's praying for me. And he's like, he's like man, I, I don't know you. Um, but there's, there's like, you know, the, the, the spring of water that you got, man, where God just wants to just use you and pour you out. I'm, I'm trying to go to the resources of, of the recesses of my mind to, to remember this, but that's the gist of it. You got this spring of water where God just wants to really use you, but you have put a boulder over that spring. You have done that, man. And, 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 and like I said, I wasn't trying to walk the walk at that particular time. But I knew right then and there, I knew exactly what he was talking about, man. Because I had let bitterness and, and hatred come into my life, man. And I wish I would have learned that lesson at that moment. But I, I, that just popped into my mind a few days ago. You know, that, 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 that I was causing something because I wouldn't let go of something that happened in my past. You know, where I was not allowing God to use me. I was not moving forward in my relationship. So my, my, the whole thing was just stagnant. God wasn't able to use me. So P- the Apostle Paul is dead serious when he says, let the past go, man. Just let it go. It's not worth it. It's not worth hanging on to. Okay. So anyways, Isaiah 43 and verse 18. And that guy, by the way, I, I never seen him again, but he, he was right on the money. And uh, um, it's just interesting how that worked out. Isaiah 43 and verse 18. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. So we got to forgive. We got to let the past go. We just got to do that. We got to forgive ourselves. We got to forgive others. Ephesians 4 verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another. It's my life verses. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. See how it all works. It all hinges on what Jesus Christ did. It's not that what someone did to you, it's not that they, I'm not saying they didn't hurt you or something like that. God just says, if I'm willing to forgive them, then you need to forgive them. Amen. And God has forgiven us. And also something that, that has, that has uh, kind of came up over the last few days as I've been as studying as well is, you know, sometimes we get hung up on, on the hurts of our past. That's certainly true. Sometimes we get hung up on the victories of our past and say, well, that's good enough. I've done been to the mountaintop. I read the whole Bible in a year, so I'm kind of done with that, whatever. No, you need to read the Bible. You know, sometimes we can, you know, kind of park ourselves on a a past victory, you know. And that's the same thing. No, we we continue to work for the Most High God. You know what I mean? We need to be optimistic about these adventures that God has before us. And there's this other thing that kind of came into my mind another day that I haven't really thought about. But if you remember the children of Israel, as they were out in the wilderness, how they began to grumble and complain, man, talking about forgetting the past, what the Apostle Paul's talking about right now. The children of Israel just got freed from 400 years of bondage, man, and God was supernaturally feeding them, and they seen God do all these amazing things. And they begin to grumble and complain against Moses, which was grumbling and complaining against God's son, which was grumbling and complaining against God, you know. And, and they begin to sit around and talk, oh, remember, we didn't have it so bad in Egypt. Are you kidding me? What are you talking about, man? You had to throw your babies in the Nile so crocodiles would eat them. You know, sometimes we need to forget the past, not just to forgive others, you know, or, or to let go of past victories or past hurts, 
But so, sometimes we need to let the past go because we're still trapped in the good old days. And if we're honest with ourselves, man, they're, they're, they're not really that good, you know? I mean, seriously, they're not. I mean, you had some great times. You made some whatever, okay? But, man, you, you were a slave. And let's not candy coat it. We were a slave. We were a slave to sin. So when the children of Israel sat around and said, man, remember the fish? Remember the fish and the leeks and the garlics and blah, 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 blah. Now, remember all that stuff, man? How did, I always wondered, well, how did you have access to that? You had no days off. <laughs> well, you steal some from the master's plate here and there or something when you worked. It's like, it wasn't that good. You were a slave. So we let it go. That's what the Apostle Paul's saying. Don't look back there. Don't be like Lot's wife and look back. You know, moving forward, can I get a witness? Luke 9, 62. This is what Jesus says. Now, this is really, really cool. I know next to nothing about farming. I, I actually, I, I don't know nothing about farming, but I got some friends that do. Um, Luke 9, verse 62. This is cool, though. Jesus said to him, it's a group of folks, man. That Jesus, you know, the, the, th- these three guys come up in a, in a short period of time talking to Jesus, and Jesus is talking to him about, fo- about them following him. And so this one cat, this is what he says, this one guy, this is what he says. Luke 9, verse 62. Jesus said to him, no one puts his hand to the plow and looks back. Let me read that again. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Dude, that is hardcore. That, that is really, really, Jesus ain't holding nothing back. But okay, so I did a little research, actually, about this thing. And, okay, so back in the day, back in the day when you were plowing and you had a beast of burden pulling your little plow thing through, through the rocky soil or whatever, this is what you were supposed to do, guys. This might help you in the future. Who knows? Start taking notes, all right? Um, but anyways, they, okay, so to make straight lines, they would fix their eyes on something directly ahead of them. I'm like, okay, I'm going towards that oak tree right there. And they wouldn't get their eyes off of that oak tree because if they did, their lines would go into one another. Everything would get messed up. Everything would be crooked. Okay, so Jesus is talking right here. He's talking about our walk. He's talking about our, 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 our Christian walk. And he's saying, don't look back, man. Don't look back because when you, you look back, that's going to mess up the direction you're heading into. That's going to mess up you going forward. Everything's going to get messed up, man. So that's really, really cool, right? Okay, so, yeah. If you ever find yourself plowing, remember that. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back, if someone who's stuck in the past, for whatever reason, that's not going to be good for your relationship with the Lord. That's what the Apostle Paul's saying. He said, I push all that away, man. That stuff would kill me if I messed around with that stuff. I can't do it. Okay. All right. Tell the truth. Shame the devil, right? Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Now, the Apostle Paul is a, he's talking about exerting a lot of physical and mental energy, man. The, over and over again, Paul talks, uh, he, he talks about walking. The Christian, uh, uh, our Christian life is a walk. Uh, our Christian life is a race. 
makes you think as much as he uses these these pictures that he really was a fan of the races, you know. Um, and, and it works great for what he's trying to explain. So what he's talking about is somebody just giving it their all, man, to get away from the things that could hurt them in the past, moving forward with everything they have to be what God has called them to be, you know. And, and we look back on Paul's life and we say, okay, well, that's what that looks like. He ran his race. <laughs> there he goes again. He says that to Tim. I ran my race, bro. I finished the course. Um, we see how it, you know, and it didn't end pretty. He got his head cut off. You know what I mean? But he did what God had called him to be. He fulfilled what God had for him to do. And that's what I want to encourage all of you guys to do. That's what I want to do, man. That's what we need to be. What, you know, saying no to what we need to say no to. Saying yes to what we need to say yes to. And like I said, man, just like the Apostle Paul, I ain't saying I'm perfect, but this is the direction we all need to be heading in. Acts 20 and verse 24. But, I, but this, is, this is Paul again right here. Talking about straining to what lies ahead. Acts 20 and verse 24. But I do not account my life of any value. Isn't that cool? Can you say that? Can I say that? But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself. That is contrary to everything we have been taught. That is contrary to how you are hardwired, how you came into this world. You came in this world grabbing cookies from the baby next to you. Out of mind. You know, it's all about us. And it's always been that way. And then we mature a little bit. We figure some stuff out. But still, deep down inside of us, is like, hey, man, we have this whole preservation thing in us. It's me, man. Fight or flight, dude. Uh, all right. Don't, don't get in front of me. I'll knock you over, baby. <laughs> Acts 20, verse 24. But I do not account my life of any value, nor is precious to myself. Now, this is what the Apostle Paul, check this out. If only I may finish my course. He ain't talking about dinner, folks. If only, see, I thought that would be funny. But I, but I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course. He ain't talking about dinner. <laughs> if only I may finish, this is a tough crowd. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus. He says, man, I'm not worried about accumulating stuff. I'm not, I'm not worried about how long I'm going to be here. I just want to do what God's called me to do. I want to be the best Christian that I can be. I'm not, I'm not so much worried about you being uh, what's... Anyway, moving forward. Tell the truth, right? <laughs> I mean, seriously, guys, you know, it's me standing in the need of prayer. It's, it's I got to work out my own salvation with fear and trembling. You know what I mean? So we want to be what we can be. Amen. Okay, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus, what does that ministry look like? To testify to the gospel of the grace of God. It's like, I just want to do what God's called me to do. And guys, I, I think that some of us have been Christians for, for a very long time. Some of us haven't been Christians very long at all. But we all can come to that place where we're like, you know what? I'm, 
I'm tired of trying to, you know, live for myself. I want to be what God's called me to be. All right, moving forward. Next slide, last slide. Philippians 3, verse 14. Philippians 3, verse 14. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's all the Apostle Paul's talked about today. I ain't perfect, but I'm striving to be the best person I can be. And so I'm going in that direction, and you guys can follow me because I want to be all that God's called me to be. Look at Proverbs 4. Look at Proverbs 4 and verse 25. This fits into our thing talking about plowing. Plowing. Proverbs 4 and verse 25. Let your eyes look directly forward. Remember we talked about, you know, plowing? I look forward. Set your sights on the, the big rock or the, the old falling down barn or, or the oak tree. I'm going straight. What do we fix our eyes on? We fix our eyes on Jesus, man. We fix our eyes on Jesus. Okay. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Man, that'll keep us out of a lot of trouble if we would just do that. But, you know, here's the mission, man. It ain't back there, uh, you know, and we're forgiven of that back there. We need to let that back there go, and we're moving forward. Like the Apostle Paul, he's giving it his all, man. He doesn't know what's going to happen, but he says, man, God's in control. I'm going to serve him. To, uh, to live is Christ, to die is gain. You can't, you can't hurt me, baby. You know what I mean? Hey, look at your neighbor and say, you can't. No, I'm playing. All right. Don't be distracted. Don't be, there's so much going on, man. A lot of wind and waves. Look forward. I'm not saying bury your head in the sand. I'm certainly not saying bury your head in the sand. There's a lot of evil stuff going on. All right? And we certainly need wisdom. We need wisdom every day to combat a lot of evil stuff that's going on. But I'm saying, how are you going to get all that stuff? By locking your eyes on Jesus Christ, man. Okay? It doesn't matter what this person says. It doesn't matter how this person's lying on the, on the big TV. None of that matters, man. Okay, let God be true and every man a liar. Looking, uh, Hebrews 12 and verse 2. Don't be distracted. Looking to Jesus. You know, a couple weeks ago, we talked about being a good soldier. You know, a good soldier doesn't get caught up in civilian affairs, man. He just wants to please the one who enlisted him. Okay, that's what we want to do. We want to please the one who enlisted us. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 12 and verse 2. Looking to Jesus. That's what I'm fixing my eyes on. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. You guys understand that, right? Like, like without Jesus, there is no salvation for you. There is no access to God the Father without Jesus. There's no eternal life without Jesus. So I'm going to fix my gaze on him. The one who made a way for me to live forever. The one who has paid this humongous price, the biggest price in the universe. Can I get a witness? So I can be saved. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy, here's my example, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Jesus Christ went through all that. He endured it because of the joy that was set before him. So when the Apostle Paul says, I'm going forward, man, I'm going to be what God's called me to be. I'm going to do the hard obedience. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to do what God has called me to be. I'm forgetting the past. I'm moving forward. Okay. 
I look to Jesus and I follow his example, how he said, you know, I'm going to this cross. I'm going to this cross. I'm going to fulfill what God the Father has called me to do because I love my Father. I love my Heavenly Father. And I see the joy on the other side. I see what this is going to bring, the salvation to the many. Amen? Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. He went through it, every single bit of it, despising the shame. And think about how how shameful and how disgraceful this thing was that our Lord and Savior went through. The next time you feel like, well, somebody's done you wrong or, or whatever, man, that might be true. But look at what Jesus went through, man. You know? And he's, he's the author. He's the finisher. He's our example. Amen? Okay. Despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So Jesus did what he was supposed to do. And now he's at that place. I want to do what I've been called to do. Amen. Amen. Let's uh, wrap things up with Galatians 2 and verse 20. Last verse, same as the first. Galatians 2, Galatians 2 and verse 20. We're talking about the Apostle Paul, man. And most of the most of the, the side verses are, are the other verses that I pulled together. Most of these are from the Apostle Paul too, just different places. Not all of them, but most of them. So Philippians 3 and verse 14, one last time in closing. I press on towards the goal. Remember, Paul's talking about running that race, man. And so they'd run these races, and I've already talked about this. This is probably the... Talking about Philippians, I've probably preached out of these three verses more than any other thing I've preached out of in Philippians, but I didn't want to skip over it, but I wanted to bring a couple of new things to light or things that I haven't personally discussed with you guys before. But, you know, the picture of running the race is you got to get to the emperor first who's holding out this laurel wreath, man, you know, and you got to grab that thing, man, then you win. So that's the picture, and the Philippians get it, man. They're a Roman province. They understand, man. Um, what, what he's talking about here. Apostle Paul saying, man, I'm giving it all I have, man. All I have. But where I'm falling short, man, I'm leaning on God. I'm fixing my eyes on him, man. That's what he's running toward. Not the emperor in some wreath, you know, so he, so, so he can be a celebrity. He's running towards Jesus Christ. He wants to be what Jesus has called him to be. Okay, so Galatians 2 and verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. That's us. If you're a Christian, that's us, man. Jesus Christ died once and he rose from the dead and he will never die again. You know what I mean? We were born twice. You're born from your mama on that beautiful, precious day. You're born from your mama. And then you were born when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're born again. We're only going to die once too. Born twice, die once. We're a new creation in Christ, something that has never existed before Jesus Christ. We have been grafted into a special family, the most precious family ever. Amen. So you don't have to worry about keeping up with the Kardashians. Kardashians. Have y'all seen the new season yet? Oh, it's, oh my gosh, these girls have got themselves. I've never seen a single, I don't even know what that is. I have never seen that show. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Christmas is coming up. Nah, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. Galatians 2, 
I hope that isn't some horrible show. I've never seen it. Don't worry about it. Moving forward. Work out your own salvation. (laughs) Galatians 2 and verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Okay? I'm not that person anymore. There's been a real change. My eternal destination has been changed. Remember, I go from salvation. I'm going to mess this up. Salvation. What's the one after salvation? The, The fancy preachers say this. Salvation. What is it? Sanctification. Salvation, sanctification, to glorification. Some preacher said that. I was like, okay, yeah, that, that's hip. That's, I like that. So we've been saved, and now we're on this journey where God is maturing us. God says, obey this good book, man. Let me, let me mature you. Let's grow in relationship. And one day we will get to that glorification station on the other side of Jordan. One day we will be where Paul is shooting for, that perfection. But it ain't going to happen on this side of the river. Can I get a witness? Galatians 2 and verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life, look, and the life I now live in the flesh, pinch yourself, I'm still walking around in this crab shell. I'm still here. You know, I still got it, you know. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Same faith that I exercise to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior is the same faith I exercise saying, God, you're going to give me the strength, man, to do what I need to do. I'm leaning on you. My eyes are fixed on you. Amen. Brother Dalton, would you mind grabbing that box? Well, Brother Dalton's getting that box. Did you say what box? He's got it. He's got it. He's a smart boy. He'll kick it open if he has to. Let's, let's pray, okay? It's an important message. Let's pray. And I'm sorry for being so silly, guys. Father God, thank you so much for just piercing our hearts, Lord, and showing us what we need to give up for you, Lord. Let us be obedient. Let us hunger and thirst for righteousness, Lord. Let us hunger and thirst to be all that you've called us to be, to move forward and letting go of the past. We love you. Father God, please bless all of our Christian brothers and sisters, Lord, especially those who are suffering for their relationship with your son, Lord. Thank you for giving them provision and safety and guidance, Lord. Bless the persecuted church. Let this church love one another. Let us be in unity and let us strive to be what you've called us to be. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' wonderful, precious name we pray. Amen. Now, Brother Dalton's got this... uh,